Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Amy Sarin will join us to discuss the stress switch. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Well, stress, it's something that most of us have to deal with at some point in time, but oftentimes we just cope with it. What if it could be cured? Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Amy Sarin. Dr. Sarin is a world-renowned neuropsychologist. She has spoken at over 100 conferences, been featured in numerous outlets such as the Huffington Post and Bustle.com, and been honored with many entrepreneurial awards. And she has written the new book, Stress Witch, The Truth About Stress and How to Short Circuit It. Dr. Sarin, very pleased to have you today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. Fascinating book you've written here, The Stress Switch, something I think we all have to deal with at some point. So why you decide to write the book? Yeah. So in my over a decade of neuropsychology practice in Arizona, I realized that stress is actually very misunderstood, not only by um, everyday people, but by the medical community. So in my work, I decided to kind of uncover the myth of stress. You know, most people think that stress is just you know, it is an inevitable part of life, but they think that stress is happening to us. And with new neuroscience, we know that there's a key network in the brain that actually sets your stress switch on or off. And when it turns on, it's very hard to turn it off with conscious thought. And yet that's what most of us are told to do. Try to breathe, try to think your way out of it, try to employ some kind of strategy. But what we don't tell people is that the actual brain areas that are responsible for those strategies break down when you're too stressed out. And a lot of times that stress switch goes up too high and we have no control over it. So I really wanted to give people an easy step-by-step process and guidelines and share what I've learned in neuroscience so that that they can cure their excess unwanted stress. We all want a little bit of stress. It helps with motivation. It's a part of life. But we all have those times on our daily basis where we go into the, you know, what if and oh no thinking, our hearts racing, we feel like we're in a rush, all those things. And we want to be in those states as little as possible. And now with new neuroscience, we know how to get calmer and live better lives. And it may not be in the ways that you think. Why is it that thing that we're all told to do? Why is it permeated throughout the culture? And why is it we haven't figured out what to do until recently? I think that we're obsessed with consciousness. We're obsessed with thinking that we, we want to think that we're in control. And we want to think that we can employ our brain and use what we call a top-down approach to be in control. I'm going to think my way out of this. I'm going to choose to do something. And so it's just kind of the way that we're thinking about things that we need to Um, control it from the top down. And what we're ignoring is that the salience network in the brain, it actually is the network that integrates all of our sensory information. That's choosing for us whether or not we're stressed out. So we used to think, you know, I see a snake and I recognize the snake and then I go into a, a fight or flight state. But there's no consciousness in that process. These networks in the brain actually happen on a pre-conscious basis. In other words, you don't even know that you saw a snake until you've already run away. And 
now that we've uncovered the actual patterning of the brain with our new neuroscience and brain imaging and our latest research, we say, oh my gosh, if we're not, if these are pre-conscious networks, we have to tap into them in a way that's pre-conscious. And we do that through senses. We do it through, um, there's one way, it's called bilateral stimulating and tactile form, and it's called BLAST, and we've embedded that into wireless devices, and it's just haptic microvibrations, and just applying those will actually calm your stress down to 62% in 30 seconds, whereas trying to think your way out of stress is very, very ineffective, especially in those moments when you're in fight or flight. So we're just using the wrong strategies, and that would be like using your pinky finger to lift a heavy box instead of, um, you know, squatting down and using both of your arms and your, your bicep and your arm strength. We're recruiting very, very tiny, puny little networks in the brain that we are under the illusion of as having a lot of power and control, and then they don't work for us very well. The result is that we just accept chronic stress, we're constantly in a state of stress, and we're not doing the right things to actually calm ourselves down. If we're not able to do it consciously, then how do you do it? So the way that you can do it in the moment, so let's say a child is having a tantrum in front of you. If you've ever tried to talk to that child, you know, deep breath, deep breath, they'll just scream more. If you try to talk, they may reject it. They can't process language. But if you hand them, um, there's devices called touch points, and there's other devices also that have this technology in them. It will actually, they just hold these in their hands. It will actually calm their nervous system down for them. And then they can start to process language, and they will naturally come out of the tantrum. Another thing you can do is a pattern interrupt, uh, which is through some sensory network, interrupt that. So if somebody, if a child is yelling or if you're upset, if you do 10 jumping jacks, if you run really fast, if somebody does something that's really funny, that will override that network. Um, But standing there and trying to take deep breaths when you're in a panic doesn't work or trying to think, you know, this is what people say. I know I shouldn't be upset about this, but, you know, my heart's racing and my uh, palm, you know, I'm sweating and I'm feeling so stressed out. And then what they do is beat themselves up for not being able to control it. But you don't want to beat yourself up like that any more than you would be upset if you couldn't lift a heavy box with your pinky fingers, right? You're just not using the right strategy. Is it possible then to reduce that anxiety, that stress response before it even happens? Absolutely. So the state of your brain dictates what happens to incoming information. So this is why we also talk about a base of healthy behaviors. If you are getting enough sleep, if your circadian rhythm is regulated, you know, if you're eating relatively healthy and exercising, whatever information comes in is actually going to create less of a stress switch response than if you were on a day where you were sleep deprived and you hadn't been exercising and you had a donut for breakfast, let's say. So you want a healthy base of behaviors that allow your brain to be primed for handling incoming information, whether that's somebody cutting you off in traffic or sending you a snotty email text at work or, um, you know, whatever, or even an alarm going off in the building that can set you into fight or flight. And if you're in a, if your brain is in a good state, you'll actually come down faster to what we call a calm state of regulation rather than staying in an adrenaline state and a stress state. So you want to balance a healthy base of behaviors that allow your brain to handle incoming information. And then you want to 
tone down the stress switch whenever possible when it turns on for you and it's unnecessary. And I say unnecessary because sometimes we want to be in fight or flight. If I have to run away from that snake, I want to be in fight or flight. If I'm in the military and I'm in combat, I want to be in fight or flight. But in any other moment, I don't really need to be in fight or flight unless I'm in a life or death situation. And most of us are going into fight or flight with our stress, which is on high multiple times during the day when it's just absolutely not necessary. And the result is um, stressful lives, being irritated, being inflamed, poor health outcomes, poor sleep, and then the cycle just repeats itself. You briefly mentioned military individuals. Certainly they encounter severe forms of stress, PTSD. Does this approach help them as well? Yes. So when I was investigating this technology, the BLAST, the bilateral alternating stimulation tactile form, I know that's a mouthful. Um, My original reason for doing that is as a prevention tool for PTSD, because we know that people get PTSD over sometimes prolonged periods of stress. Uh, even if they don't have one critical life or death incident um, where their life is actually in danger. So if you are in a war zone and you never actually see fighting, um, just because it's such a highly stressed, emotionally charged situation that's prolonged over time, you can come back and get PTSD from that. And so the name of the game in PTSD prevention is getting people to be in a calm state, getting their stress, which is low as possible, more often of the time they'll be less likely to get PTSD. And then if they do get PTSD, the good news is we actually can treat it quite quickly, but we need to do it right after the incidences. And we need to not wait for several years uh, when a vet comes back and then their um, relationships are ruined and maybe they um, fall into an addictive pattern to try to calm themselves down and treat it themselves. You know, all these things happen as a fallout once someone gets PTSD, but it is preventable and it's treatable. And I think that's another problem with how we're looking at things in our current medical system and just society is that we think that PTSD is kind of a lifelong sentence and it's really not. We can alter the wiring in the brain non-invasively and treat PTSD very effectively and get it into remission. So I think that PTSD can be a thing of the past Uh, just like uh, polio or some of these diseases that we can actually vaccinate against. How quickly do you think these ideas are beginning to percolate throughout the medical community in terms of how we view stress? So I think there's already an undercurrent of this. You know, there's um, EMDR therapy has been used for about 30 years. And one of the components of that therapy is bilateral stimulation. And so this has already been used for 30 years. It's not new. What I've done is I've actually taken it to the next level and deemed it safe for uh, anyone to use at any time. So we don't need to just use this technology and confined in doctor's offices anymore. So there's already widespread use of this throughout the world in EMDR therapy. And then there's also other kinds of somatic therapies that know that when we add a component that recruits the senses, besides just talking and listening, we get a better effect and remission and we have to involve the nervous system. So it's already come around in these different modalities, but getting it out for widespread use is actually just uh, just getting started. But there are uh, two published articles now um, in scientific journals, one showing a cortisol reduction with the technology and with some of these methods. And so the research is also coming around. But, you know, it really takes about 17 years 
or a paradigm shift. This was happened with acupuncture and with yoga and with breathing and all these things that are now kind of part of what we tell people to do every day. You know, it takes about 17 years. And so um, we're really kind of in the front end of that right now. What were some sort of practical daily advices for helping to reduce their daily stress levels and, of course, uh, the stress switch when they become stressed out? I would say, first of all, to understand your stress switch and how it works so that you're not using outdated strategies and then getting upset when they don't work. So that's the first thing. The second thing is don't accept excess stress as just something that you need to live with. There are things that you can do to be less stressed out on a daily basis, even if you have panic and even if you have, you know, medical, like generalized anxiety or things like that. There's a lot of things that we can do to help out. And so there's some strategies in the book and also certainly using the, um, the stress technology can help quite a bit. And even simple things like, you know, if you're not getting seven to nine hours of sleep at night, start with sleep get those seven to nine hours. For some of us, it's easy. It's just a matter of turning off the TV earlier or not checking social media until midnight, right? So just that one choice to get between seven and nine hours of sleep, if it's easy for you, can go a long way in you being incredibly um, more efficient in terms of your brain functioning the next day. And that will lower your stress switch. And then if it's hard to go to sleep, if there's insomnia or other things like that, then there's really great ways that we can help get most people sleeping. And so we usually have people start with sleep if that's a problem. If people want to learn more about this, research the ideas behind it, where can they go? They can go to my website at amyferrin.com. So it's A-M-Y-S-E-R-I-N.com. And um, they can also get the book uh, on Amazon if they'd like. Are there other clinicians, therapists practicing this therapy around the country, around the world? Yeah, so the EMDR therapy that the technology came out of has actually been, it's actually one of the top two therapies to treat PTSD according to the World Health Organization. And currently around the world, there are over 100,000 practicing therapists that do EMDR therapy. And so if you think about EMDR therapy as kind of being, you know, the orange and the blast technology being the vitamin C extract from it, this is just one of the active ingredients of that um, effective therapy that now people can have, can use anytime and anywhere to lower their stress switch. And there's information on that on my website as well. We were just talking with Dr. Amy Sarin. She's the author of the new book, Stress Switch, The Truth About Stress and How to Short Circuit It. And Dr. Sarin, I want to thank you so much for joining us today to talk about your book. Thank you so much. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking. Bye.